When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome back to episode two of Doug's Daily Double. Thank you all who listened to me yesterday. I talked a little bit about the Pac-12 schedule release. I talked a little bit about the transfer portal closing. Uh, Oregon has one new announcement in that regard. Um, Wide receiver Isaiah Crocker, who's been with the program since the class of 2018, has transferred out, entered the portal. So he, I believe, has two years of eligibility left uh, at his next stop. So uh, good luck to him. Uh, Obviously, he was here for five years. I know he was close with Spencer Webb. I think they came from the same school, same program. And uh, he's moving on and wish him the best of luck, of course. That brings my count of scholarships for Oregon down to 91, uh, which means there's still six over come fall. Again, don't have to be... Don't have to see six people leave this week. There's still plenty of time to make that happen with people who aren't yet here from the new class, as well as seniors outgoing and all the other stuff. So that'll get sorted out by fall. We'll see if Oregon adds any more players in the portal or the the second signing day coming up. Uh, Two topics I wanted to touch on today. Uh, One, the Jaden Rashada saga. And then secondly, the apparent hiring of Kendall Bryles as the offensive coordinator at TCU. So let's go and start with the Rashada deal. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I'll give you a little synopsis. There's a lot more backstory to this, but I'll give you the high-level synopsis that's been reported all over the internet uh, by by various people. So uh, quarterback Jaden Rashada, of course, out of Pittsburgh, California, Originally committed to Miami back in the late summer, I believe, obviously um, with Mario Cristobal and Ruiz and the NIL folks down there, uh, he committed to Miami. And then he took a visit to Florida in during the season, I want to say it was in November, uh, and flipped his commitment uh, pretty much immediately from Miami to Florida. Obviously, the rumors involved were NIL deal, you know, Florida bringing more money to the table. He flipped over through the Gator Collective. He flipped over to to Florida at that point in time. Um, fast forward, he did not enroll in classes come January when all the other um, all the other early enrollees reported to school, enrolled, and started attending classes. He was not there. Rumors started to come out about his NIL deal with Florida falling through or being canceled by the Gator Collective. And apparently this had been going on for several weeks in the back half of December. Uh, So at this point in time, he has now requested and received a release of his letter of intent from Florida. So he's back on the open market. Uh, There's rumors out there he may be staying on the West Coast. It looks like he's looking at Washington, potentially, Arizona State, potentially, with uh, former Duck OC Kenny Dillingham down there. Uh, SMU is another potential landing spot. His pseudo agent that's been representing him in a lot of these conversations is a student at SMU. So there's the connection there. 
I th- want to say there might be a fourth West uh, West Coast school involved, but those are the the three. Um, there's a lot of smoke around Washington. They did not sign a quarterback in this class, nor did they sign one in the 2022 class. And with Sam Heward transferring out, they are down to two scholarship quarterbacks up at UW. They, of course, have Michael Penix Jr. returning for his final year of eligibility, so he will be gone after this season. And then their other quarterback is, of course, Dylan Morris, who started for them uh, for a while, for quite a while back in uh, 2020 and 2021. So he also, I believe, has two more years of eligibility. So they are desperately in need of uh, some scholarship quarterbacks in that room, whether it be through the portal or prep ranks. Uh, so I think they're getting involved. Rumors are they are putting together an NIL package for Rashada. Uh, Arizona State's obviously interested. Colorado is the other one. I think he's visiting Colorado and Dion. I think the question is going to be, you know, where does he want to go and what kind of NIL deals is he going to be able to get from either Washington or Arizona State or Colorado or SMU? I'm sure they're going to pale in comparison to to the numbers that were rumored that he was that he was getting out of Florida and Miami before that. But um, I'm still I'm sure that's still a factor involved in his uh, recruitment. So. Um, you know, Washington fans are getting pretty excited about this. Uh, after bashing him for nine months straight, they are they are now all aboard the Jaden Rashada train and excited to hopefully hope they can get him, pay him the NIL he wants, and bring him into UW. Um, so that's kind of where things stand on Jaden Rashada. Something to look out for. I think the question for me is: Is he someone who's going to sign an LOI for the second signing day, or is he going to be someone who maybe extends the process out a little bit longer, uh, maybe takes more visits, maybe looks to see, you know, who can who can offer him the, the most. Uh, and, of course, he doesn't have to sign an LOI. Nobody has to sign an LOI as long as they, they can just go and enroll wherever they decide to go. So it, I think that's, to me, the most interesting part about this recruitment is, is he is he going to sign and get enrolled somewhere ASAP, or is he going to draw this out a little bit longer and you know maybe into the spring and then go to his school of choice, you know, come spring or summer ball? So something to look out for there. I think there's a lot of um, it's been a messy recruitment all along. He's had a lot of people involved. His dad, some other handlers, the SMU agent slash student. Uh, so I think there's a lot of there's been a lot of unfortunate stuff going on in his recruitment, whether that's been under his control, outside of his control. I think it's been a pretty harrowing experience. It's certainly one that's played out publicly for for most of the cycle. And, um, you know, it's kind of unfortunate for the kid, but, you know, whether that's a, a situation of his own making or outside of his control remains to be seen. But I do think there's a lot to learn from this as we go forward in these kind of high-profile recruitments in the future years. Um, you know, there's there's probably some cautionary tales here for not just the student athletes, but the schools involved, as well as potentially the parents and other handlers involved, and and what maybe not to do uh, throughout a recruitment. Not really quite sure what happened at Florida, why they reneged on their deal to him. You know, buyers remorse, thought it was too much money, lost the funding, never had the funding to begin with. But you know, I think there's a lot to 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 learn from this, and we'll see. If we see more scenarios like this in future cycles. Uh, switching over to the second topic today, Kendall Bryles. Um, obviously, he's been at Arkansas he's, before that he was at FSU. He's bounced around quite a bit since his day, days at Baylor. Obviously, he's the son of disgraced coach Art Bryles, 
who was head coach at Baylor during the early part of the last decade. Of course, there was a lot of scandals there that you know left him in disgrace, left Baylor under sanction and investigation, and a lot of those were around sexual misconduct, rampant sexual misconduct among the team. I think there was a report of 50-plus various rapes, including some gang rapes um, by members of the football team on various female students over the course of years. And, you know, I think Art Bryles and other members of that program were were pretty well implicated in being, at the very least, aware and aware of what was going on and doing nothing about it. And, and in the worst cases, uh, potentially even a part of it or condoning it or encouraging it, you know, in, in, a, in a way that is not is awful to be honest. So a lot of that with Kendall Bryles, you know, he's been personally implicated as well as in saying things to recruits like, Hey, come here. We got lots of girls and they love to have sex with football players um, and things like that. So, you know, he's been party to a lot of that. There's been a cloud around, around him all along that he's, he was involved in that. He was a part of it. He was aware of it and he didn't do anything to stop it. And, and in fact, might have even, uh, you know, sanctioned it and condone it to a level so there's a lot of controversy around him you know hiring him as as a as an oc or any other position for a, a school and uh, i think everywhere he's been hired there's, there's been a lot of that backlash um you know i think playing devil's advocate some people want to say well he he didn't do it it was his dad's program you know maybe he should not have to pay for those mistakes but i think there's a lot of evidence that says he was involved and was aware of what was going on uh, I think the other thing you hear people say a lot is, well, you know, he's paid for his mistakes, you know, and, and paid for his crimes and, and, you know, he needs to be able to move on and redeem himself. And I guess I would say that has he paid for his mistakes? I mean, did he suffer any punishment? Um, I mean, he's he's been gainfully employed in football, you know, ever since the, the those allegations came out and the scandals came out and everything went down at Baylor. I mean, he continues to get jobs as, you know, as, as an offensive coordinator at school after school after school. And now a school that's a rival of Baylor and just down the road in Texas, you know, TCU has, has hired him to be their offensive coordinator. And um, I, I have a problem with this. I, I don't, I don't think it's okay. I don't think it's okay to to look aside someone's uh, past just because he's a good football coach. And especially when that past hasn't been acknowledged and admitted and and accounted for by the person in question, which I don't believe it has in this case. Uh, you know, I think I think Kendall continues to deny any involvement, any knowledge, any responsibility, and I don't think that's the kind of person you want leading young men. Uh, if my school, if Oregon were to hire Kendall Browse, I would drop my season tickets. I would not go to games. I would not, I would boycott. I, 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 you know, I'm just one person, but I would find that unacceptable uh, in this day and age. You know, I have two daughters, and you know that are ones in college age, ones in college now, ones about to be, and and this is this is not acceptable behavior. And I think that hiring somebody who has been a part of such uh, an act in the past or such a such a series of acts and, and horrific, horrific incidents at Baylor. I just don't think that's acceptable. And I think there's plenty of other good coaches out there and any university should look at this as an opportunity to do better and send a statement of this is not acceptable and we don't want any stain of this anywhere around our program. 
So that's kind of where I sit on on the Kendall Bryles thing. I, I heard, I guess, this morning there's maybe enough backlash going on that that Baylor may may try to walk their way out of this uh, and back out of this hire and go a different direction. But uh, it's been reported that he's been hired, and and it seems like it's full steam ahead for Sonny Dykes and TCU. And and it's it's kind of funny with, with all the positive momentum and press and what a great story they were for the 2022 season. You know, obviously making it all the way to the national title game. Now they're following that up with what's going to be a lot of negative attention uh, through this hire, and we'll see how that how that uh, affects them and their team and their program and their fan base and the national narrative around TCU uh, over the coming months. But it's going to be an interesting storyline to watch. But that that's kind of where I sit on Kendall Riles. I I just think it's uh, it's not good. It's not good, and it's unacceptable. And we should do better as a society, as sports fans, as people in sports. Like this, the, you know, it's not the first incident of this kind of behavior in, in sports and in football. And I think collectively, the, the football community at large needs to do better. It needs to send a message that these kinds of things aren't going to be accepted or tolerated or brushed aside or covered up just because somebody's a good coach or somebody's a good player. And I think we've made some strides in that area, but I think there's a long way to go as well. So that's kind of where I stand on that one. Um, I think that's all I've got today for the Daily Double. I'll be back at you tomorrow or potentially the next day with the next edition. And uh, thanks for listening. Take care.